Grace to you in peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus the Christ. Amen. Amen. I'm continuing my stewardship series, and remember last week we talked about the joy of receiving God's blessings, and we talked about how you can't give until you receive. And we receive all the blessings of God to have that rich, full life now and into eternity. Well, today I want to talk with you about the joy of managing God's gifts. You know, God gives to each person different gifts. Sometimes we call them spiritual gifts. And everybody has a spiritual gift. And they're all different, but they're all given to us by God. In 1 Corinthians, it says, there are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit, the Holy Spirit, distributes them. And these are the work of the one and same Spirit. And God distributes them to each one as he determines. In one of my congregations, I had a lady who came to church in a wheelchair. She had a a debilitating disease that eventually led to her death. She was bedridden at home. And she said, Pastor, I, I don't know if I can do anything. I don't know if I have a spiritual gift. And after we talked for a while, I realized that this lady had a wonderful gift of prayer. And I asked her one uh, Sunday if she would call one of the shut-ins who needed some prayer time, and and she called them up, and they talked on the phone, and she prayed with them, and she came back that next Sunday, and she says, Pastor, now I know what my gift is. Give me every one of the shut-ins and all the people on the sick list, and I'm going to call them. And here she was laying in her bed, and all week long, she just called people and prayed with them. She found her spiritual gift. And each one of us have a spiritual gift, but we have to realize they're not all the same. When I went to seminary, you know, they taught us a little bit about everything, and I came out of seminary thinking that I had to be good at everything. And I quickly learned especially through studying God's Word about spiritual gifts, that not everybody has all the spiritual gifts, and we don't all have to be alike. I I can remember the first time I really realized that when I left my microphone on one Sunday morning, and and the, the microphone operator afterwards said to me, Pastor, I turned your microphone off during that song because I knew you didn't want anyone to hear you. Well, that was true. (laughs) That's not one of my giftedness. But I've learned what are my gifts, and I use them. And it helps because it very, it freed me up. I didn't have to be good at everything. I think that's why God puts us in the family of faith, so that we can work together, each using our strengths, to build up people. And I don't have to be envious of someone like Andre who has a great voice and can sing. I praise God now for that. And all the other gifts that I see in this congregation, I praise you for using them. And God is calling us to develop and to manage each of our gifts, to develop the blessings he has given us. Let me try something. Carl? Uh, Parlez-vous français? No, sir. Uh, <laughs> Parlez-vous français? Parlez-vous français? Un peu. Uh, comme ci, comme ça? 
Yeah, 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 yeah. Sort of, yeah. Okay. That's the end of my French. I spent three years in high school learning that. You too, okay. Yeah. And do you know why I can't speak any more French? I never used it. Yeah. And that's what God is saying. If we don't develop and manage our gifts, we're in danger of losing those gifts. Now that's not, please don't see that as a punishment of God. It's a result of who we am, who we are. It's the reality of life. And if we don't use the gifts that God has given us, there's a possibility that we could lose them. Jesus told a parable that we heard about today. He has some of these servants who are given gifts, and they're given gifts to manage them, to grow and to earn more talents. But one of them hid it, and he lost it. And it says in the verse 29, for whoever has will be given more. As we work and manage those gifts, we develop them more and more. I can sing better. No, I can't. Uh, that's, that's not my gift. But I've learned to use some of the other ones. And then he goes on to say, they'll have an abundance. And whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken away from them. We're in danger of losing those. We are to use everything entrusted to us, all of those blessings that we receive from God to God's benefit to build his kingdom. But this parable is not only about use it or lose it, it's also about attitude. How do we come to those gifts? What attitude do we have? Look at what it says in verse 24, because this really tells us a little bit more about this parable. This is the, the servant who hid it. He said, Master, he said, I know that you are a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid. What does he think of his master? What's the attitude he has about the gifts the master has given him? He's afraid of his master. And he says he's a hard man. He doesn't see him as loving and caring. So he goes out and he hides the gold, the talent in the ground. Fear paralyzed him. He doesn't see the master as a loving savior. If we cannot use our gifts in the proper way, unless we realize the master, God, who gives us our spiritual gifts, does not give it to us out of fear. He doesn't want us to to use them out of anger or obligation. He gives us those gifts as a matter of his heart because he loves and cares for us. It's a matter of faith. The scripture says, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your mind and with all your soul. And that also means that in order to develop our gifts, we have to use our time wisely. I have heard people say to me, jokingly, at least I hope they were joking, how long is your sermon today, Pastor? Because the Texans are playing, and I need to get home. Well, guess what? Today they're on a bye week, so I can preach as long as I want. 
Yeah. No. Is there anything wrong in enjoying a good football game? Good baseball game? No. But you see, we only have a limited amount of time. Nobody has more than 24 hours in a day. So it's not about the time. It's about priorities. And we make priorities in our life all the time. And all God is challenging us to do is not to give up the things we enjoy in life. We can do that. But he's saying, also make me, make God a priority in your life. Psalm 90 says, teach us to number our days so that we may get a heart of wisdom. We want to use our days, what we have, and make God a priority in them. And then enjoy all the other things that God gives us. And God also wants us to manage our gifts, our lives, with an eternal perspective, looking not about just for today, but what about eternity? We use our blessings with an eternal perspective when we rely not on earthly wisdom, but on godly wisdom. We see throughout the Scriptures two different things. We see this earthly wisdom, and we see godly wisdom. Jesus told another parable, a parable about a rich young man who had this abundant harvest, and he had so much grain, he decided to knock down all of his barns and build bigger barns and store up more things for, for himself. And then the Scripture says, and I'll say to myself, this is the young man, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take life easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool, this very night your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you prepared for yourself? Now, I want you to understand this is a parable. And God is not condemning that man for his riches. But he's saying, you know what you've done? You've just thought about yourself. There's nobody else that he's thinking about. He hasn't prepared, he hasn't prepared these riches for someone else's benefit. It says, who will get them? You've prepared it for yourself. And then this is what it says. See, this man had earthly wisdom. He didn't have eternal perspective. This is what will be with whoever stores up things for themselves, but is not rich towards God. So it's not about what we have. It's, again, about that attitude and relying on God's wisdom. We have a wonderful example of that also in the Old Testament. King Solomon, one of the best kings of Israel. At one point, God comes to King Solomon and says to him in 1 Kings 3, ask for whatever you want me to give you. God gave Solomon an open book. Here he is a king. And he could have all the riches of the world. He could have all the power he wanted over his enemies. He could have all the pleasures he wanted. But King Solomon says, give me wisdom. And there's a very important part to that. He says, give me wisdom so I can rightly rule my people. God's people. And it says, God gave Solomon wisdom and very great insight. Even to this time, people talk about the wisdom of Solomon. And it tells us 
that when he used that godly wisdom to rule rightly, he had all the other things that he could ever desire. You see, managing our blessings with eternal perspective, thinking not just about ourselves, not just about today, it means that we bring glory to God and to His eternity. St. Paul said to his people, whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. My wife and I, when we were in Maryland serving a congregation there, had a large community around us of Amish craftsmen. And they each had their own little thing that they would do. And we wanted to go to the craftsmen who made all of the tables, meeting tables. They, they could extend forever, and, and they were all made out of oak with oak chairs. And it took us a year. We had to wait a year to get these, and we went to, to, to put them into this U-Haul that we had rented, and we were putting them in, and one of the chairs had a little scratch on the back of the chair. And that craftsman saw that, and he pulled the chair apart and started walking into his work space with it. And I said, oh, don't worry about that. And he says, oh, oh, you don't understand. I said, no, you don't understand. I have four kids. And let me tell you, within a week, there are going to be scratches on these chairs. That's okay. It's just a little scratch. He said, you don't understand. I said, okay, what don't I understand? He said, I do this all for God's glory. And I don't want to dishonor God. He had the attitude, whatever he did, he wanted to bring glory to God. And he wanted to do his best for that. That's what God is calling us to do. Everything with an eternal perspective, all bringing that glory to God. And you know what happens when we do that? When we use our gifts with internal thinking and bring God glory, it brings joy to our lives. That lady who was in the wheelchair, who had nothing to do, found great joy in praying for all of those people. And so it is with you and I. In this whole series, we're talking about how when we manage and use God's gifts, we are joy-filled. One of the wonderful statements in this parable that Carl read just a moment ago is when the master sees these two good servants that use their gifts and bring them back to him in joy and excitement, it says, the master replied, well done, well done good and faithful servant. I hope and pray that all of us one day will hear that from our Father God. Well done, good and faithful servant. Amen? Amen. Let us pray about that. Lord God, Heavenly Father, we know that you give to each of us spiritual gifts, gifts that we can use to bring glory and honor to you, gifts that we can use here in the family of God, each differently, but each vitally important. And you call us this day to use and manage those gifts, not as the world sees, but in godly ways and for your purpose. Lord God, help us to do that each and every day 
and fill us with the joy of knowing that we are your servants and we give to you all glory and honor. In the most precious name of Jesus, all God's people said, Amen. Amen.